you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hello and welcome to the weekly NFL Fantasy Live Playoff Podcast. Jason Smith alongside Michael Fabiano and Marcus Grant. Going to get to all the big news in the NFL, how it affects your fantasy team. Take a look at the playoffs. Michael Fabiano has a very special sneak preview of his top 100 fantasy facts of 2013. Also getting some Pro Bowl stuff, too, as they're going to get ready to draft their team. Deion Sanders and Jerry Rice are going to do that coming up in a few days. So we got a lot of stuff to get to, so let's kick things off with some of the big news from this week. And number one, we want to talk about rankings. We all love rankings. Alshon Jeffrey is the number two wide receiver in the NFL. This according to Brandon Marshall, who says he's just behind Calvin Johnson for wide receivers. So if it goes Calvin Johnson, Alshon Jeffrey on the official Brandon Marshall uh, list, Fabs, what, what's the official one, two, three list on Michael Fabiano's <laughs> list? Well, I still have Marshall ranked higher than Jeffrey. I met Brandon this morning. seemed like a really good guy. And I told him, you're in my keeper league. I just won the league this season. And... He um he was he was really uh, uh knowledgeable. He knew how popular fantasy was. There's no doubt about that. He just said to you, dude, you know how many leagues I've helped people win? Come on. I've helped people <laughs> I'm win a Brandon lot. Marshall. <laughs> I wish you had said, is it a PPR league? Because in a PPR league, you know, oh, I'm, I'm really I'm really good in a PPR league. But I still go with the guy who has, as Elliot Harrison likes to say, the skins on the wall. It's very close at this point. Right now, number one is still Calvin Johnson. There's no question about that. Megatron, despite the fact that he missed some time this year, still finished third in fantasy points, had that 300-and-something yard game. He was fantastic. He had the most 20-plus point performances uh, among wide receivers this season, so he is definitely going number one. Number two, how do you not go with Josh Gordon? How do you, The guy was unbelievable, the top-scoring wide receiver in fantasy, despite missing the first two games. And number three, Demarius Thomas, uh, second in fantasy points this year. Assuming Peyton Manning is healthy and fine and everything's good to go, next season you can't bet against Demarius Thomas. I have Brandon Marshall seventh, and I have Alshon ninth. Imagine, remember back when we thought, boy, someone's not going to get the football in Denver because he, he, how's he going to find <laughs> but, a way to keep everybody but, happy? With, with that being said, remember, Julius Thomas missed two games, and yeah. Welker missed most of the last half of the season. So there were more opportunities there for a Decker. Uh, to produce good numbers, which is why he finished as high as he did. Because if you remember, earlier in the year, Decker was inconsistent. People just had fits trying to figure out when uh, they should start him and if they should start him. Well, how many tweets did you get, Marcus, after week one when Decker had the, the, the horrible game? And should I drop seven Eric touchdowns? Decker? Is it time to give up on Eric Decker? Eric Decker's a bust. Yeah, it was, it was nonstop. And, you know, look... It was it was what we kind of believed going into the season, that there were so many guys that Peyton Manning was going to have to keep happy that you were going to have weeks where guys were going to be, you know, unproductive. And, you know, I know that people freaked out. I think I think when Julius Thomas caught that first touchdown, everybody said, wait, when did Demarius Thomas change his number to 80? I think yeah. that's what everybody thought. No, and, you mean Demarius Thomas. No, Julius Thomas. No, 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 Demarius <laughs> Thomas. Right, yeah. right. So, but, you know, after that, De- Decker bounced back, and he was – 
for all intents and purposes, what we thought he was going to be. I mean, he was a quality number two fantasy wide receiver. He wasn't huge every single week, but he would give you enough good performances that you could feel confident putting him in your lineup week in and week out. But he was he was never going to be Demarius Thomas. He was never going to be a Calvin Johnson. He was never even going to be Wes Welker during his New England Patriot days. I think we all knew that going into the season, though. Yeah. Now, I have a little uh, preview of the top 100 fantasy facts. You're column. dying to get to this. <laughs> would you believe that the Denver Broncos were the first team in the history of the NFL to have five players score at least ten touchdowns in the same season. First, five players score the first at least time that's touchdowns. ever happened. Demarius Thomas, Noshawn Marino, Julius Thomas, Eric Decker, and Wes Welker. Wow! All with ten or more. Remember when we wow. thought, well, if if it's just Thomas and Welker, boy, Decker's the odd guy out. No, no, not only not only did Decker have enough time to get double digit touchdowns, but let's throw in Noshawn Marino and Julius Thomas. Unreal. Unreal. Do you think next season, throw this out there for Peyton Manning, he gets a bit of a bounce? Obviously, to have a season like this two years in a row is difficult. We've seen the in history guys that go for this type of touchdown totals bounce back and come back to earth a little bit. What, what kind of bounce back? Uh, you want another stat for my column? Because sure. I have that stat in there. Are you going to speak entirely in stats in your column? <laughs> I am. In the history of the National Football League, and I was just talking to Marcus about this, seven quarterbacks have had 40 or more touchdown passes. Only one has thrown 40 the next season, and that was Drew Brees. So Peyton Manning could see and likely will see, I would predict right around a 100-point drop in fantasy points next season. But that would still put him in the top At five. He's still right. 300-plus. Yeah. If he goes for 40 again, it would be very, very shocking to me. Let's just put it that way. It hasn't happened. It doesn't happen. All right, let's move on to uh, the greatest catchers of all time, because I think Marcus Fab's on this list. I know I'm biased, but Mike Piazza, I would Paul have Paula Paul Aduka was very good. Wait a minute, Butch Yvonne Weiniger. Rodriguez, Butch Weiniger, Mike Sosha. Jorge Posada, all these great catchers. Right. But no, according to Jim Harbaugh, the greatest catcher ever is Michael Crabtree. I'll tell you something right now, and I know Marcus will agree with me because he's a Niners guy. <laughs> I love Crabtree. Uh, I was worried when he got hurt about Kaepernick. And by the way, I have another stat about Kaepernick's Crabtree, <laughs> but I will I will save that for later. Okay. I got a hundred of them in here, Christian. Christian's our producer. Um, he is going to be a top twelve wide receiver in fantasy next season, and because of the fact that he didn't play much this season, he could end up being a draft bargain. You watch out. You watch out for Crabtree next year. So you 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 can get him most likely as a two. In, in your draft. If, you, if, you're, if, if you I can go, get Michael Crabtree as a two, I am going to dance a jig all the way down Sepulveda. Well, remember when you said, I got Tom Brady in the in the seventh round, I'm going to win this league. <laughs> remember that, that jig you danced I, for the experts Yeah, league. that one, and I tripped all over myself. <laughs> I still I, I still ended up having a good season there, but made the playoffs. But um, listen, man, I love Crabtree. Because well, you, you can get him probably fourth round is, is where you have to start looking to take him. Because if you want to yeah, go yeah. running back, running back in the first two rounds, then you're going to go wide receiver, wide receiver most likely. That second mm-hmm. receiver kind of has to be him because mm-hmm. as, as time gets on, he's going to be a hot guy. and Half the people in your league are going to think, no, I'm going to be the smart guy and get Michael Crabtree a little bit earlier. So fourth round, I think, is when he's got to come off the board by. Well, I think what, what makes Crabtree so good, I mean, not only... You know, he's the, a great catcher. He's a great catcher, right? He gets a lot of targets. He catches the football, but it's what he does after the catch that I think makes him even more valuable. I, I think with between Crabtree and Bolden, the nine wide receivers may be the two best guys after the catch, the best duo after the catch in the league because they're good to break tackles. They'll find a way to pick up those extra yards. They do so much more with the football in their hands than a lot of other receivers in the league. 
Yeah, and, and for Crabtree for this season, he was a really hot guy. And then he got hurt so early that he went undrafted in a lot of leagues. Because, you know, unless you were drafting super, super early in one of those leagues that drafts in the spring right after the draft. Which is silly. Don't do that, people. Yeah, he, he, get, he gets – okay, remember when fantasy used to be like that, when like a book would come out and you would say, we have to have all our stuff in. You'd have to have your stuff in by like the beginning of May and project <laughs> for the season and rookies and everything because that's when like the official fantasy magazines came out. Mm-hmm. That, that was just like – Seven, eight years ago. You know how many of those I wrote? Oh. <laughs> like cover to cover yeah, between sure. my time at CBS and uh, when we started uh, here at the NFL doing a magazine? I'm sure you wrote like, books oh worth of stuff. goodness gracious. Yeah. So you want the stat on Crabtree and Kaepernick? Go ahead. Now the, now the stat. Go ahead. <laughs> Kaepernick started 11 games this year without Michael Crabtree. In those games, he averaged just barely over 15 fantasy points. In the five games Crabtree played this year, Kaepernick scored 20-plus fantasy points three times and averaged 19 points a game. You want to talk about, I'll tell you something right now. There are a list of players, and it's a pretty lengthy list, of guys that I think I can get bargain prices on, whether it be auction or redraft next season, and Kaepernick and Crabtree are both on that list. How late do you think you can get Kaepernick, though? Because he's still going to be very visible. Remember, last year he was great at the end of the regular yep. season. Then he was even better in the playoffs, which enhanced his value. Am I in a draft with you two guys and uh, the other NFL Fantasy Live crew? Because of course you are. at that point, none of us are drafting quarterbacks early, so I could probably get Crabtree, uh, Crabtree 4 or 5 and Kaepernick after the fifth round. All right, what about, what about in most leagues where people are saying, okay, I'm going to take my quarterback when I want to get a, take a quarterback? Most leagues? should follow our advice and not draft a quarterback <laughs> until after the fifth round. But people who get that quarterback itch, it will probably be somewhere in the fourth round. I wouldn't take Ka- uh, uh, Kaepernick before round three, would you? No, I wouldn't take him that early. I, the big, but I, I wouldn't the take him before round five. When we, when we were having our first mock draft last year, I mean, I'm going to go back to like last, last May, like after the draft was over, and Aaron Rodgers was sitting there in the third round, and I said to myself, Man, I whopped, I'm not going to take a quarterback. I'm going to wait. I have like these four guys sure. that I want to take later. But then here's Aaron Rodgers sitting there in the third round. I'm like, boy, I just took C.J. Spiller and Calvin Johnson, and now I could pair with <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Don't you wish you would have taken Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Luckily, it was a mock draft. But I'm like, <laughs> I go C.J. Spiller and Calvin, and then Aaron Rodgers, and I think I'm going to win this fake league. We're never going to play out because of yeah. my team. But you know, it's it's hard when the, you see those names there after you get your first couple of guys to go. Nope, I'm still going to go wide receiver. You want another reason to wait on quarterbacks? Give me another one. Guess what? I got stat number stat. what? Really? Already. I, I got 100 here in front of We're me. We're going to run out before in the podcast 2010, is over. No, no way. Eight quarterbacks finished with 250-plus fantasy points, okay? Uh, that total increased over the last three seasons consecutively. And in 2013, 13 quarterbacks had over 250 fantasy points. 13! That's almost half the league. And it would have been 14, but Matt Ryan missed it by, like, less than two points. <sighs> What That's stiff, another guy. What a stiff he was. That's another guy. Matt Ryan. Bounce back for this year? Bounce back for 2014. And you know why? Because Julio Jones will be back. When Matt Ryan had Julio in the, in the first five games of the season, he was on pace to finish as one of the top five quarterbacks in fantasy points. He's going to be like Matthew Stafford was last year. Coming off that bad year, Stafford, sure. what, his ADP was round nine or round mm-hmm. ten in, in most yeah. leagues. That's going to happen to Matt Ryan. His ADP is going to be really low. People are going to take him, and he's going to have a big bounce back season. Mm-hmm. And you're going to say... Well, until the end, Stafford was really horrible in the fantasy playoffs for you. But for most of the season, he was a top three fantasy scorer. Yeah, I think I think he will be one of those value guys next year. I mean, it'll be a situation where like you know a lot of people this year had you had the Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers dilemma because you drafted Rivers late, and then, you know 
figuring, you know, he's just a, a backup quarterback and he ends up being good for you. I think you'll have a lot of people who have that dilemma with Matt Ryan and somebody else next year, say a Drew Brees or an Aaron Rodgers or something like that, just because I think people are going to kind of forget about Matt Ryan with, with you know, everything he didn't do this year. All right, another team playing in the playoffs this weekend that has big fantasy news, the New England Patriots, who will, of course, be playing without Rob Gronkowski. But here's the thing. Gronkowski this week, surgery on his torn right ACL. Here's the thing. When you look at next year, and I know people want to say, okay, here's Gronkowski with a clean bill of health. He's going to be back. He's got plenty of time to rehab, and, and he's going to be fine, and we'll get back to training camp. Let's just say he's 100% healthy. He gets a clean bill of health before the season. I, I don't know that I can draft him simply because somebody's going to take him way too early, and I'm not going to waste a pick on a guy that early who can't stay healthy, and you have no idea what his health is going to be. When he's in the lineup, he's incredible, yeah. but I can't trust him. What's he missed, 14 games, I think, over the last two seasons something combined? Like it's something like that. But there's also a direct correlation between Brady and his fantasy success and Gronkowski, and this is another thing you'll be able to find in this column. If you look at the nine games where Gronkowski was out this year, Brady averaged fewer than 14 fantasy points a game. That's not good. And the other seven, where Gronk was active, even if he didn't finish the game, Brady averaged over 18. Yeah, it's really, it was a Very bad, interesting. It was a bad five through eight for Brady. That's really what it was. Like, weeks five through eight, he was incredibly awful, and it was, how much longer can you stick with him? Exactly. Then after week eight, Tom Brady turned back into Tom Brady. He was phenomenal down the stretch. If you remember, though, the first two games that Gronkowski came back, I think Brady averaged like only seven or eight points in those games, and then finally we saw the Tom Brady of old. All right, so next season, Marcus, if Rob Gronkowski is on the board for you, what round do you say, okay, I can pull the trigger on him? I'm, I'm waiting on Gronk till round seven or eight. I, you know, and I think that's, that may be a little bit later than some people are looking at him. I just, I'm with you. I don't know that I can trust the guy anymore. I mean, even last year, we heard there was this battle ongoing about Gronk's healthy. The doctors say he can play, but he doesn't want to play because he doesn't feel right about it. Um, you know, and just at some point, the number of surgeries is going to take a toll. It's going to sap his, you know, he, he's not a speed demon. Let's not you know, fool the anybody had here. More surgeries than Joan Rivers has had facelifts. All right, wow. it's a lot it's of a lot of, it's a lot of surgeries. That's a very dated that reference. That is a lot. <laughs> that is it's really the only dated. One I can think of Jerry Jones. I think has only had what one facelift. I, I don't it know. It just wasn't a good one. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when he got asked about it, and he said he said would never give you an answer on it. Like ooh, okay, yeah. wow, all right. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. But you know, Gronk, go ahead, Marcus. Look, he's, he's, he's got uh, he's had so many surgeries, and at some point, you figure it's going to take a toll on his ability on the field. He's still one of the more talented tight ends out there. I still think he's one of the top three tight ends off the board next year. But I I think I would rather wait and and take a pass and go after somebody else than to go with a guy that you know he could play sixteen for you. He could he could play six. You just don't know what's going to be with him. All right, so that's some players' fantasy implications who have their teams playing in the playoffs this coming weekend. Now, let's take a quick look back at some of the players who were eliminated last week and what this means for their fantasy values going forward. Do you really want to do this, forward. Smith? Why? Do you? Why? I'm not going to mention any Bengals. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any Bengals. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not. We'll get to that. We'll get to All my right. horrendous performance and playoff challenge in a second. But, you know, a combination of actually eliminated the playoffs and news. Deshaun Jackson wants a new contract. Shocking. Which, he put, he put up the worst contract year performance this side of Hakeem Nix. I was going to say. Yeah. And still got $50 million. <laughs> now he finally is justifying it and says, no, this is not enough. I want more money. Wait, wait, wait. Deshaun Jackson? Deshaun Jackson. Wants more money. Wants more money. Again. Yes. Yes. Apparently this deal he just signed with $10 million a year <sighs> is outdated. Oh, my goodness gracious. And he makes it sound like, 
you know, hopefully we get this done and nothing has to happen. Like, basically, really, dude, you're going to hold out? You were off when we gave you $50 million and now it's, oh, no, no, now $10 million's not enough because I had one good year in this Chip Kelly offense. <laughs> but w- where fantasy-wise, where do you take him next year? Jackson's probably going to be— If he doesn't be, hold out, if he takes care Jackson's of Jackson's probably going to be, I would say, a fourth or fifth rounder. He's going to be, like, on that border of 1-2 value. In a 12-team league, he'll be more of a low-end one. I would say. But he's also a player who scares me a little bit because, really, he's had one good year over the last four or five. Uh, if we look back, did the Eagles resign uh, Jeremy Macklin? That's another question. So do the targets get dispersed a little bit more next season? We'll have to see. But I, I wouldn't want him as my one. No. I'd want him more as a high two. He's so inconsistent. I mean, I think that's the right. biggest part is that, you know, he'll have those games where he'll give you 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Then the next week he'll follow it up with 13 yards. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and it's hard to, to have him be your number one receiver when you just don't know what you're going to get. Now, I guess if you were in a league where you get punt return yards and that sort of thing, sure. maybe he has some added value. But if we're just talking strictly from a receiving perspective – uh, I, I don't know that I can make him anything more than a number two for me. In his last six games... Is this one of your stats? Is this one of your 100? The it's top not 100? in the 100, but this is another stat. In okay. his last six games, he scored double digits only twice. So, that's that's not that great. All right, not that great. That reminds me, Dwayne Bowe. Yeah. He comes <laughs> off... <laughs> but he had a great game he last pretty week. Big <laughs> even though he didn't stay in bounds and he was supposed to. Still had a couple of drops. He was catching footballs like it was 2010. Yeah. So now people are going to look next year and say, okay... Another year in the Andy Reid offense. He really, you know, he came on a bit at the end of the year. Is Dwayne Bowe, can he be back to even, not quite what he was, obviously, because he's not going to be that guy, that double-digit touchdown guy again. But can he be back to being fantasy relevant where you're saying, I could put him in my lineup and play him? He's at best a number two guy. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Alex Smith will still continue to be captain checkdown. He will still be the guy who throws the ball you know, five to seven yards down the field out of pop. He's not going to go deep downfield. It's going to hurt Bo's value of, of picking up yards and getting in the end zone. I mean, even that game against the Raiders where Jamal Charles went berserk, uh, what, Alex Smith had, what, four touchdown passes, five touchdown passes that day that traveled, I think, a grand total of 17 yards, <laughs> you know, through the air. So, you know, as long as the quarterback is who he is, the offense may still move the football thanks to Jamal Charles and what have you, but I don't know that it does a lot for Dwayne Bowe's value if if every every ball he catches is some little five-yard in. I'm going to give you guys a list of names. Emmanuel Sanders, Rod Streeter, Eddie Royal, Nate Washington, Doug Baldwin, what do they all have in common? Four guys who've never been in my kitchen. All had Thank more. you, Cliff Clavin, <laughs> which I remember that reference from Cheers. You remember sure. that when he was on Jeopardy? That's fantastic. Well, your categories, mother and son, U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> all, <laughs> that was such a great, uh, great episode. I think Cliff will be fine as long as he doesn't get too cocky. <laughs> Select a category, Cliff. Uh, why don't you pick one for me there, Alex? <laughs> uh, Cheers was uh, one of the best shows of all time back in the uh, 80s for those of us, uh, for those of those people out there who have no idea what we're talking about. All of those guys finished at more fantasy points than Dwayne Bowe. He didn't even make it in the top 40. So, no, Dwayne Bowe's a four. <laughs> I'm not touching him. All right, moving forward, we thought Randall Cobb would have a tough time coming back. He hadn't played in a long time. Turned out, last game of the regular season, he was just fine with Aaron Rodgers. People are going to wonder about his value for next season. Now, granted, there's still some uncertainty in the Packers receiving core, who's going to be back, who's not going to be back, but mm-hmm. we know Randall Cobb's going to be there. Is he going to be another draft bargain? where you're going to say, okay, he missed a lot of time, his stats were down, and I can take him a little bit later? I would draft him ahead of Nelson. 
You may wow. say I'm insane. You can go ahead and say that. You're insane. Thank you. But not because of that, though. I agree with you, but I just wanted I to say I like you're Randall Cobb's upside a lot. Jordy Nelson's a very good wide receiver. Um, he's proven that. And, you know, he had some decent games without Aaron Rodgers, but clearly Rodgers is going to make him a better wide receiver. He'll make any wide receiver uh, better statistically. But Randall Cobb is young, and I like the upside, man. I really like the upside. That's one of the guys on my list of players that people may overlook that I'll take. Like a Crabtree, like a Ryan, that get, all day long. I'll take Randall Cobb as as a high end two, and I will I will take that pick all the way to the bank. Wow, um, I like Randall Cobb. I I, I guess going to the old skins on the wall theory. I think I like Jordy Nelson just a tad bit better. Uh, but I, I like what they do with Cobb. Obviously, they get him the football in the passing game, and I like that they get him the football in the running game. I mean, we, we saw before he got hurt, he would take uh, he would take handoffs, he would take end rounds, so he would pick up rushing yards as well, and I certainly like that. I mean, the more ways you can get the football in the hands of a guy, the more valuable it's going to make him, but I think just in terms of having produced year in and year out, I think Jordy Nelson has a slight edge for me there. Really? No mention of James Jones? Close. You love James I, Jones. You know, I, all I said before the year was that James Jones is not going to score 14 touchdowns. And then he came he on not, our show and he he knew score. that you didn't like him. He did agent. not score 14 touchdowns. So yeah. You don't know. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you going to do when the Jets sign James Jones? Then I really won't like James oh, Jones. Man, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and Smith will come in with a James Jones jersey. Although, you know what? Back. He might be, if he goes to the Jets, he might become their number one receiver. I mean, well, I, who of else, course who you else do they have I mean, around you know, there? No, no, David Nelson's still number one, and then it's going to be James Jones. <laughs> Stephen Hill. You want to talk about a free agent who is going to make a major impact one way or the other is Sean. Yeah. If he stays in Denver or if he leaves... That's one of the major storylines of the offseason. If he leaves Denver, his value decreases for him. Yes, and Monte Balls goes through the, the roof. Yeah, because yeah. they, they, they trusted sleeper. him a little bit more. For no good reason, they trusted if, Monte Ball towards the end of the season. <laughs> if Noshan is smart, he'll stay in Denver because that's where he's going to put up the best stats and he'll have the best chance to win a Super Bowl. If they win it this season, though, maybe he goes for the money. And takes the money, and suddenly you're starting running back for the Cleveland Browns as Noshan Marino. It could happen. Yeah. Uh, I think Tate's going to go there, Ben Tate, but it could happen. So that that's one of the storylines that the fantasy fans out there are going to have to really watch in the offseason is what happens to Sean Marino. I mean, he's he's still 26. Yeah. He's, he, he's oh, not he's still, a, he's He doesn't have a lot of dude. tread on his tires. He doesn't yeah. have a lot of carries. Exactly. And he can cry like crazy. <laughs> if you get points for that, <laughs> I, went, I knew awesome. he was going to say that. You knew that, projectile, right? Projectile I knew tears that. there. <laughs> I, I, just how, how well do I know Jason Smith over the years? I knew that he was going to say something to the effect of, if you're in a league where you get fantasy points for tears, <laughs> Sean Marino is a first-round pick. Here's how much I know Michael Fabiano. Without looking at his computer, I know he's got a picture of the Bella Twins up on one of his browsers. No, where is it? Kate where Upton. Is it? <laughs> Kate Upton, sorry. That was my second choice, was Kate Upton. Yeah, Kate Upton. All right, now we've avoided this long enough. Let's get to the NFL playoff challenge where I, you know what? You want to talk about taking it on the chin. Oh, Thanks for playing. And yeah. then some. Yeah. Uh, you know what? There's a list I have on my refrigerator of things I will never do again. And uh, certain things like drinking after 2 a.m. Yeah. Okay. Bad idea. <laughs> okay. C.J. Spiller yeah. is on that list, yeah. too. Yeah. And now picking the Cincinnati Bengals to do anything is on that While list. While Andy Dalton is the quarterback. They were so set. I mean, I loved how everything. And playoff challenge, Fabs, you can explain all, all the rules. You still play mm-hmm. playoff challenge if you want to. And it's, kind of, it's a really fun deal to keep your fantasy season going. It is. First, I'm going to give you another stat. Oh, okay. I mentioned Andy Dalton. He was fifth in fantasy points among quarterbacks this season, which is ridiculous. And sixth overall among all players. Sixth, Andy Dalton. Okay? 
He wasn't consistent, though. Look at his numbers. He recorded fewer than 16 fantasy points in half of his starts and 18 of his 33 touchdown passes and more than 50% of his fantasy points came in five games. Five. Yeah, he single-handedly won you That's five it. games, That's but he it. single-handedly cost you eight. He hurt you. There, there's no question about that. So going back to that uh, scenario where you're in trouble now. Oh, I'm cooked. You have to replace absolutely all cooked. of the Bengals. Yep. Um, now you kind of have to really take a gamble. You really have to say, this is the t- maybe, maybe you go all, No, you know what I'm doing? Maybe I'm you going... go all Patriots or all Niners now. Well, here, here's the because thing. Because everyone's going to pick Seahawks and Broncos. You're right. Everybody's picking Seahawks and Broncos because now I've I got to figure out what's my way to get the most fantasy points. So here's my philosophy. because I already thought what I'm going to do. People are going to pick Seahawks and Broncos, and there's people who pick the 49ers took all 49ers, so they're always going to have more points than me in the first round. Mm-hmm. There's people who took you know a couple other teams. I'm moving on here. I'm going to go, and I'm going to pick all Chargers because I think the fewest amount of people went Chargers because they're 8-8 eight and eight and they barely got in and they weren't going to win on the road in the rain against the Cincinnati Bengals, never again on the Bengals. So I'm going to go all Chargers and hope that they can continue this miraculous ride and I can catch up to people as other teams get eliminated. So well, if you remember, too, was it the, isn't it the last four Super Bowl champions have played the Eagles in their home opener, and so yeah. the Chargers fit that bill this year. I'm well, going you, all Chargers. You know what, though? Uh, I'm not confident they're going to do it, but to win, it's you, my only um, chance. So you picked the Bengals, and so now you're picking the Chargers? Yeah. And not only did the, I didn't get any, but did the Bengals lose, the they gave me absolutely nothing. The city of San Diego is mourning right now <laughs> as Jason Smith has just cursed their football team. I would have liked, I wouldn't have even minded so much if the Bengals lost 38 oh, 37. Dalton went out with 360 and four touchdowns. <laughs> and okay. And AJ Green. No, they, they, many, they score one touchdown. How many times? And. and Boy, the, the, first, the first example that comes to my mind is Mark Sanchez, to be quite honest with you, uh, because he finished 10th in fantasy points that one year, and there's no way I had him anywhere near my top 15 the following season. But a player who finishes in the top five in fantasy points at his position that isn't even in the top 12 the next year, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Dalton, I mean, you could make an argument for 12 quarterbacks being drafted ahead of him. You could probably make an argument for, argument for 15. He's gonna. He'll Would be. A, right, he'll Cutler, be a high end. Roethlisberger, Alex Smith. I mean, those guys are all in the conversation for being drafted ahead of Andy Dalton, right? Yeah. He'll be. A, he'll be a high end too. Someone. Someone will take him as their second quarterback and feel okay. No matter what's going on with my quarterback spot, I have my starter and I have Andy Dalton if I need him. Yeah. I, although you know, the thing about Dalton, which has been so vexing, is that he is generally fairly good in the regular season. It's the playoffs that have been his bugaboo. I mean, it's sort of the opposite of what we saw with Joe Flacco, where last year he was fantastic in the postseason but has been a fairly mediocre at best fantasy quarterback because his regular season numbers aren't all that great. I like how Marcus said vexing. Vexing. That's the best word on the podcast so far. <laughs> it is. That <laughs> and Joan Rivers' facelift, I think, are the, the biggest things where people are going to take away from Joan this. Rivers' facelift, yeah. She, um, she's had some work done. Right. Now, <laughs> now, both of you guys went – you went Denver-Seattle, right? You, you're a playoff I don't have game. any points. You have no points, but everything you get this round is it's double. It's double, and right. I like the fact that the Saints are going to Seattle – because I would have rather seen the Saints Seahawks for my purposes than Niners Seahawks. Yeah, yes, because that would have been a defensive struggle. And I feel I'm feeling good if I took the if I took my chance to say I'm going to take the Niners from the first round and try to get them going all the way through because I love how it lines up for you know San how many Francisco. you know how many fantasy points Breeze had earlier this year in Seattle. It was like eight. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah. It was not good. 
But I like the matchup. This I like the the fact that Carolina beat San Francisco earlier this year. San Francisco's hungrier. Kaepernick is, is peaking. So is Crabtree. If I had gone with the San Francisco 49ers as my team in the Which NFC, I think Adam Reich all, did. He, yeah, he, he went up. all Niners. I'm feeling really good. I think good the Niners are going to win this week. Oh, I think the Niners win this because week, and it's going to be a better game. It's experience. not just going to be roll over for the Seahawks here in Seattle. Experience is going to be a very big factor. Uh, I think in that game, the Niners clearly have it. They went to the Super Bowl last year. Cam Newton, playoff experience, it, it's just it's just not there. Now, these two teams played earlier in the season, and it was a very close game. If you remember, I believe it was mm-hmm. like 10-9. to 9. Yep. Oh, really low-scoring game. game. Yeah. Uh, can the Panthers beat them again? I don't know. I, I, I always have a hard time believing that a team who is brand new to the playoffs in their first game is going to come up big. I, I always, I, I'm always that very nervous. That game was in San Francisco. It was in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. Yep. I'm always. I mean, it's one thing to play that way and play fast and loose during the regular season, but the playoffs are an entirely different animal. The intensity is ratcheted up. You got a team that's been there, that's talented on both sides of the football. It's tough for me to think. Yeah, the nine, the Panthers are going to suddenly be battle tested enough to say, "Oh no, no, we, we can we can shut down the Niners and win this game again." I just don't see that happening. Well, and I mean. Crabtree is kind of the X factor in this whole thing. You know, he he wasn't there when they played earlier That's a great this year. Point, Marcus. Um, so that that really changed. That's something else that that defense has to think about. Now they've got to worry about you know not only Bolden and Davis in the passing game. They've got to worry about Crabtree, which hopefully, you know, if you're a Niners fan, makes things better for Frank Gore, who really couldn't get going against the Panthers the last time. I mean, he struggled running the football. Um, you know, and for whatever reason, they seem to take the leash off Kaepernick when it comes to running the ball in the playoffs. They didn't have him run a lot during the regular season. But he runs. He he had. Did he have a hundred yards against the Packers or close to? Yeah, they running the football. It was very close. Um, you know, and it's just we didn't see that from him during the regular season. So this is a team now with all weapons firing uh, right now. The thing that worries me though, the Niners, man. The last time they went to Seattle, they got smoked. Yep. I mean, they got last couple times they've been to Seattle, they've been smoked. And yes, Crabtree's back, but Harvin could potentially be back. Percy Harvin could be back for the Seahawks, so maybe he becomes an X factor in their offense. But I've said it. For most of the second half of the season, I'm all on board with the Seattle Seahawks going to the Super Bowl. If if any team goes into Seattle and beats them in the playoffs, that team's going to be the team that wins the Super Bowl. If the Niners can go in and do it, oof, I, I mean, you've got to consider them a, a real threat to either the, the Broncos or the Patriots, assuming that those are the two teams from the AFC that are the most likely to go. Yeah, well, especially because now, now they're going on the, on the road in the cold. In this, what, what's the Dennis Green? In the cold, and the wind, in a hostile environment. To be able to do that all the way to New York, you think, okay, well, they've slayed those demons. You can't just sit back and say, well, now they're fighting adversity and can yep. Colin Kaepernick throw in the wind and all these different things. And speaking, they're battle yeah, tested. Speaking of the Super Bowl, by the way, I'm having a little get-together at my place, so you guys are invited. We won't be in New, in New York. We'll be here in the comforts of the warm weather in Southern California. Uh, Christian, feel free to come on by, too. I really hope it snows. I really do. It's not going to snow out here. I really hope it snows. No, in it's New not Jersey. Snow out here. Oh, I really okay. do. I really do. I'll be at Super Bowl Fabs. Imagine. Oh, <laughs> see now, <laughs> Christian. Big Pippin over here. Christian yeah. is, is higher on the totem pole than the three of us, uh, clearly. But think about a Super Bowl where it's snowing. It's going to be the most watched sporting event in the history of, of sporting events. Maybe even more than soccer. Well, maybe not. No. Maybe not soccer. Let me but throw this out. Let me it's go. going to be huge. Let me play devil's advocate for you for a second. The Jets will not be there. Well, no, no, maybe, they, they maybe will send the a contingent. Woody Johnson will be there. Maybe and he'll wave to everybody and okay. he'll take the Lombardi trophy away from whoever it is at the end and hold it up and say, next year it's <laughs> us. But let me throw this, this out there. 
the game if the game is played in the snow, think about how this is going to play out. It'll be a sloppy game. A team is going to win. Whoever wins, it doesn't te- necessarily. But here, have but to listen, be... listen. But the t- but the team who loses is going to talk about the weather and how the snow affected them and the general consensus about the Super Bowl afterwards. It's not going to be the team that wins is not going to get the ultimate respect for winning because fans are going to say, "Oh yeah, that was the game in the snow." Where where the teams not just have to play each other, but they had to play the elements as well. And we're going to take away the level of accomplishment imagine, from whoever wins because, well, it was a crazy game was played in the snow. Imagine if it's Manning. Manning in the snow, under 30 degrees, against, say, the Seahawks, who they don't play in a lot of snow, but they know how to play in cold and wet conditions playing in the great Northwest. I really do. I, I hope it snows. You know, not like anything like we saw in Philadelphia where they were making snow angels in between yeah. catches. It was so deep on the field, but that would be that would be fantastic. How memorable. It would be so memorable. For, it would for, be. It would be memorable for fans, but I think you would look well, at that and, game and say that was the one in the snow. There's always going to be people who are going to want to complain about everything. Like me. <laughs> Every hey, Super Bowl should be played in Miami or San Diego. The Niners Bah-h. just won a game where it was what? Yeah, but it's different in the playoffs because you, know, below, you work your below. way through and you earn a home field advantage in the playoffs. Super Bowl, everybody should be able to use all their weapons. Like No part of your your offensive or defensive arsenal should be taken away because of things beyond your control. I well, mean, it's just, you know, I mean you know why the NFL is doing this. Absolutely. It's because it, it's, it's almost a tribute to Wellington Mara. Because yeah. he always wanted to have a Super Bowl in New York, and it was always frowned upon because of the weather. And I, I, I am excited even more so than I, than uh, than I am for previous Super Bowls. You also don't I'm have to sit excited. out in it. Yeah, this is true. Are you excited more about that <laughs> or more about giving me uh, some of your top one hundred facts right now? You want some of those? You give want me, some more? G- give me give me three great ones. Okay, and give me one that involves the Jets. Why do I have to get? I actually do have some that involve the Jets. That's because I not. knew you did. Okay, well. <laughs> We'll go with this one first. Peyton Manning had 409 fantasy points, almost 410. Uh, broke the NFL record for passing yards in a season, touchdown passes in a season. Uh, and remember uh, the stat that I told you a little bit earlier, that Peyton Manning's 55 touchdown passes this year are more than the Jets have had in the last three years combined. Yeah, that but was, yeah, that's something. Peyton did not have the best fantasy season since 1960. Who did? Best fantasy season since 19... LaDainian Tomlinson. Yes. 2006. He had 33 total touchdowns because if you remember, he had 31 rushing, receiving, but he, he also had two. two touchdown passes. He had 425 fantasy points. So Peyton, as great as he was, not the greatest of all time, at least since 1960. I gave you the stat about the quarterbacks who have thrown for 40-plus touchdowns in the season. Only one's gone back-to-back. I gave you the stat about Tom Brady. Um, here's another one, and this involves Cam Newton. Since 1960, no player has started his career in the first three seasons with more fantasy points than Cam Newton. He's had nearly 1,000 fantasy points in his first three seasons combined, despite the fact that his fantasy points have actually dropped in each of those three seasons, but he's still finished no worse than in the top five in fantasy points among quarterbacks. Now, this one's going to be tough. Which player held that mark previously? Most fantasy points. One in his of first the three greatest seasons. running backs of all time. That's the only hint I will give you. Actually, I think I think I know this one. I yeah, think because, you said this one because you probably yeah yeah. So so if if you know it, let's see if Smith. Can get it. <laughs> I'm gonna say. And he doesn't play for the Jets. How far back are you going? This is since when? In your lifetime. 
Okay, so since nineteen since nineteen seventy. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. Wow, first three years. It's a running back. Yep. First three years in the league. Tony Dorsett. Incorrect. Not Tony Dorsett. I'm gonna go better with than Tony Dorsett. Better than Tony Dorsett. Yes. Adrian Peterson. No. Oh wow. Think about. Think about it's it's more. I wouldn't say old school, but um, it's it hasn't been. It's not recent. Recent. I'm looking to see if there's oh, a oh, photo oh, of him oh. in this room. Eric actually. Dickerson. Yes. Eric Dickerson. <laughs> exactly. I was Eric like, I'm Dickerson. looking to see if there's a photo of him in this room somewhere, uh, but there's Dickerson. not. Eric How Dickerson. about that? That right there. That that's that's really interesting. And then. A lot of the stats in this column, which you'll be able to find on NFL.com after Marcus reads it for, what, four hours that's going to take <laughs> to, to check it out. Um, of the 10 running backs based on fantasy points in 2013, only four were drafted in the first round. Uh, that was J- Jamal Charles, Lashawn McCoy, Marshawn Lynch, and Adrian Peterson. How about it, all the guys who stunk that we all drafted in the wait, first round? We're not done yet. Like C.J. Spiller and Ray the Rice. Other th- the other backs, DeMarco Murray, Eddie Lacy, Fred Jackson. Fred Jackson was 10th in fantasy points at running back. And no, Sean, weren't drafted until the fifth round or beyond. How about that? Jamal Charles, we talk about how great a season he had. He had more fantasy points per game than any running back in the league. And he had more fantasy points per game than Adrian Peterson last season when Peterson had his miraculous season uh, rushing for over 2,000 yards. Speaking of Peterson, he was fantastic last year. Had 2,097 yards, top scoring running back in fantasy, over 300 points. But as good as he is, and we all compared him to a cyborg all year, at least I did, he basically fell in line with the rest of the 2,000-yard rushers in terms of what they did the next season. He saw a major drop-off in yardage, a big drop-off in fantasy points the year after, and he missed some time with the, uh, with the injury there. So as good as he is and as great as he's been, Adrian Peterson was basically what we thought he was going to be. He didn't come back and duplicate the numbers that he had in 2012. I- I've got one here for you uh, on C.J. Spiller, which I know you're going to like. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Worst first-round pick ever. That's a pretty good stat. Okay. The 2012 season where he broke out, he averaged almost a full point per touch. <laughs> it was .85 fantasy points per touch. Think of that. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Jamal Charles was right around nine this season, which is amazing as well. This year, he didn't rank in the top 25 in, in fantasy points at his position, and his fantasy points per touch dropped to point five two. Oof, that's a that's a Yikes. huge point five two. Yikes! So that is, and and I got to be honest with you. Some people think he's going to bounce back and have a good season. I don't know, man. What has he been at some point? Well, what has he, he been? You got to say we've seen the best. If of he can get some, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you do kind of wonder what's going to happen with that. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he has been a workhorse. I mean, you know, he's seen a lot of carries, a lot of touch, and I think until. The Vikings do more to build around Adrian Peterson. Right. Um, you know, he's going to be the guy that every defense schemes to who's stop. Who is their quarterback, too? You want another interesting one? Uh, these are all interesting, but Alfred Morris, okay? Now, didn't have as good of a year. Uh, 338 fewer rushing yards, six fewer touchdowns. But he led all running backs with 678 rushing yards after contact. That's more rushing yards than Ray Rice and Trent Richardson had total. I think I had more rushing yards than Ray Rice and Trent Richardson. And they total. were both drafted in the first round. Oh. And they were both drafted in the first <laughs> Gotta round. Gotta take the right guys. Here's, here's another one. If you take the best weekly performances based on fantasy points of Reggie Bush and Joyt Bell, 
Reggie Bush would have had 12. Drake Bow would have four of those. To add up to 16, they would have scored 252 fantasy points. That would have been the fourth best among running backs. So Detroit's offense was very running back friendly, which we knew. And now that there's changes going on in Detroit, you really need to look at what they do with that offense. I'm really hoping that, um, that they get an offensive guy in there. All right, so we spent a lot of time here on the podcast so far talking fantasy draft for next year. Let's talk about a draft that's going to happen in a couple of weeks. The 21st and the 22nd, Chris Rose hosting this on NFL Network. Oh, this is when fun. Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders pick their teams for the Pro Bowl. Uh, it's a two-part day, day or two-part situation. Day one is an hour show. Day two is a three-hour show. That's where Deion, Jerry, all the captains are there. Players are going to be in attendance. Going to be a lot of fun. We've talked about this throughout the season with the new Pro Bowl format being unconferenced. So these Pro Football Hall of Famers are going to pick their teams. So... Let's just say, for argument's sake, we think Denver and Seattle are going to make the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So those players are, are out of the mix. Let's just say they're out of the right. mix. You guys are drafting. Now, you guys are the captains. I have a rehearsal tonight for the show that we're doing, and I'm going to be playing the role of Jerry Rice. So, wow, because you, you, it's such a striking resemblance yeah. between you two. No, well, Fab's just Jerry yeah. Rice. Can't you tell? <laughs> stand in. Stand in. Uh, uh, the, the fantasy owner, Jerry Rice, not the player. Yeah. Or not the person either. So, well, um... Uh, Go, go ahead and uh, I think I know what you're going to ask. Who are you picking first? Right, exactly. Who well, you, c- c- now, let, now, let's you, just... you want to hear something even funnier? Damashek is playing Deion Sanders. That okay. is funnier. That, yeah, that is funny. Damashek as, uh, as Dion. So he's going to get the first pick. And so I'm already trying to think of, well, who is he going to take there? He's probably going to take Le'Veon Bell. No, he's probably going to take <laughs> – well, we don't have the restriction Antonio that, that you would mention. He's going to take, take Peyton Manning, I, I would think at least. That he's going to take Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning loves the Pro Bowl. He loves the yeah. Pro Bowl. But that's, love, but that's a big gamble know, because you're talking about a team that's the favorite to get to the Super Bowl, and suddenly right. you're without your first pick. Right. Well, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are pretty good there So uh, in the National Football League. My first pick, if I can't take any Seahawks and I can't take any Broncos, boy, probably Drew Brees. Um, but then that goes against what I like to do in fantasy, but it's... But it's, it's a, one game. But it's a different kind of right. fantasy. Yeah, it's yeah. one Running game. backs don't carry the football 25 so, times in the Pro I'm Bowl. I'm probably going to go with Breeze. And he, lo- and he loves the Pro Bowl, too. He, loves, he, he plays in all of them. He, has, he puts up big numbers. Mm-hmm. That's, a pre- that's a pretty nice pick there. I'd have to go Breeze. All right, Marcus, if you were picking number one, who would you pick? If I'm going number one, I'd probably go Drew Brees then too. If we're if we're if we're if we're eliminating all Broncos and Seahawks, okay. so all right. So if you can't get Drew Brees, if Fabiano takes him ahead of you, who's your who's your guy? That's a good call. The first name that pops into my head is Geno Smith. No, oh, um, probably Cam Newton. I think Cameron Jarrell. Uh, just you know the the ability to throw it, the ability is to his run. Middle it. name really Jarrell? It really is. Is that right? Yes, and that's. Right around the whole it's, Superman. It's, yeah, I mean, it's sure. not like Jor L, but yes, it's Cameron Jarrell Newton. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like when he says, Marcus Sir, knows what, all the middle names. Yeah, Sir, <laughs> Sir Reginald, Alfred, Bush, Bush the, the second. Th- the second. The second. He's yes. got him all, but wow, I didn't even realize that. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd probably take Cam Newton with the second pick then. Just, you know, the, the dual threat quarterback, uh, the ability to, to run it and throw it well. And, and, and Fabs is right, because it's not. It's not like fantasy where you're, you know, you're drafting for the course of a 16-game season. You're basically trying to pick teams for one game. Mm-hmm. I think Cam's the number two pick. Who's the first defensive player to be drafted? Navarro Bowman was the highest-scoring IDP. Yeah. Ooh. So based on fantasy points, if we're just going that way, it would be Bowman. But I'm going to guess that go it's JJ probably Watt. or Luke, right, Luke Ke- or Luke, Luke Keekley. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. those will be your first three guys that, that that'll get to. But see again, like just the the fact that that I've that I've had this fantasy mindset for so long. I got to be, and I tell I tell guys this all the time. You know, all I do is look at stats and how players perform and matchups. That I don't even know the standings half of the time. <laughs> I don't, I, oh, okay, they won this game. You know how the Cowboys that. did this year, though. Yeah, yeah I know that. Don't. <laughs> um, so well, why a rollout call on fourth down for a guy that hasn't thrown a pass in like four years? Listen, just, why, listen, why that? Why that? I love the Cowboys, but okay. you know my feelings about the whole situation. You there. you hate watch the Cowboys. I do. You are a hate watcher. <laughs> Yeah. That's kind of how I watch the newsroom. I'm a hate watcher for, and I hate being that. But I'm it's, a hate watcher for newsroom. It's uh, it's painful, and and it's not going to end anytime soon. That there is actually another stat out there. The um, the Cowboys are tied with the Steelers. I believe 33 playoff wins between the two teams. They they've tied for the most in NFL history. But the Cowboys have won since like 1997. Yeah. <laughs> so 32 from the start of the franchise's history to 96. One since 1997 to 2013, and what has been the 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 one steady presence there? Jerry Jones, good old JJ. All right, now let's let's finish up the podcast on a note. I've been waiting for you to to do this, and you haven't done it, despite the fact I've asked you like three times. Give me a give me a Geno Smith stat. Give me something oh, from your top one hundred. Give me the good Geno Smith one. <laughs> Is there <laughs> such a thing? No, there's one really good one. The last five weeks of the season. Four. Give me the Geno Smith one. Last month, he was he was one of the five best players in fantasy points at his position over the last four weeks. Wow. I figured you'd like that, Geno. I mean, Marcus. Wow. Um, and. As bad as he was with his interceptions and the fact that he didn't throw a touchdown pass for like five weeks during the season, he was still just shy of finishing in the top 10 based on fantasy points uh, among rookie quarterbacks since 1960. He almost got to Sam Bradford. And a lot of it was the fact that he scored, what, six rushing touchdowns? Yes. Mm -hmm. And as much as I hate to do this because it's going to just have Jason Smith pound in his chest. I really think I Gino see the Smith, smile on his face already. <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest with you. If the Jets do the right things in the offseason, I wouldn't be surprised if Geno Smith was a deep sleeper in 2014 because you guys know how much I love quarterbacks who can run the football. Yeah, he's a t- he, his best thing. He could be a two with upside. That that's where that's his best. He thing could be a very low end two with upside. Yeah, if, yeah. That could end up being a guy that you know what? You don't laugh when you when you advise someone to take a flyer on Geno Smith this week because he's playing against a lousy team in New York. I, I don't trust him on the road yet. But they've just got to get him some pass catchers. I mean, they've got they've got decent running backs with between Chris Ivory and Bilal Powell. They've got guys who can carry the football. If they can get him at least one... Is that the worst receiving core in the league? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I without can't think of doubt. another one. That's, it's got to be, right? Bad. Salas led the team in, in, in receiving it's a couple be. of games. Yeah. When, when Curley is your leading receiver... I mean, he's really a yeah. slot guy. He's too. a slot guy. Yeah. Well, just think about this though. Think about this for Geno Smith. Not that I'm going to paint it one way, but yes, you are. He still had a pretty decent end of the season, despite the fact he had nobody right. to throw to. Right. I mean, like, you know, he, it's not like he walked in like Andrew Luck and said, "Oh, good, I got Reggie Wayne, and we're going to make T.Y. Hilton." He walked in with basically I'll saying, t- "I'll okay, take a look." All your guys stink. In the last four weeks, and Smith, you could do the math on this: seven hundred ninety passing yards, so under two hundred a game, which is which is not spectacular. Four touchdown passes. But he rushed for 186 yards and had three rushing touchdowns. In the last four weeks, he had 38 
more rushing yards than the second best quarterback, which was how Tom many interceptions Kaepernick. did he have? Because I feel like he really Only cut two. down. Yeah. Right, and that's yeah. that's been Only that was the big two. key with him is that he cut so, down on the turnovers late. So he the season. had twenty one picks right during yep. the regular season. So nineteen in the first twelve weeks. Yeah, and and that, and that's the thing you know, we talked about him with Tebow is that you look at his stats throwing the football, he's about ten fantasy points a game. You want to go over the last month, and okay, that's ten fantasy points, but thirty six fantasy points with his legs. You talk about now uh, a below average day becomes an, a well above average day when you add it all. You know the what's funny stats. too is <laughs> now I have Russell Wilson on a, on a few teams. Russell Wilson killed me down the stretch. He was awful, yeah, awful, yeah. In his last four games, I have a stat on him uh, in that column as well. But if I had started Geno Smith over Russell Wilson in the last four weeks of the season, one of the leagues that I lost in the championship, I would have won. Geno Smith. Could have brought you a championship had you played him the final month of the regular season. Scored. He could have been the new Matt Moore. Drop the mic. He could have been the new Matt Moore. He could have been the new Matt Moore. He actually scored 35 more fantasy points than Wilson in the last four weeks. Wow. There you go. And we close with Say, a flourish. I think we just leave on that. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Marcus Grant, the weekly NFL Fantasy Live playoff podcast. Join us next week. We'll take a look at more big fantasy news and see teams who are eliminated, see what those players have to do for next year. And we'll continue on as we are the only place who covers fantasy football 365-24-7. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.